0: Merry Christmas, everybody. I love that you are here. I love those of you guys who are in an overflow room as well. And those of you who normally come to Valley Real Life, your eyes do not deceive you. I am wearing a tie. This is the only time that you will see it, you know, all year long, unless I do your wedding or celebrate a, a moment of life at somebody's funeral. So uh, you're welcome, you know, for that, you know, as well. Also want to give you really good news. Uh, you guys don't even realize that uh, you did it. Uh, you survived, the shortest day of the year. And every day, it's gonna get a little bit brighter and a little bit brighter all the way to June. Come on, we can, we can get excited about that. <laughs> Those of you out of town are like, what is he talking about? Yeah, you don't know the misery you know, that we go through each fall and each year. Hey, as we kick off uh, uh, on this Christmas Eve, I, I do have a question for you. And that is, what is your favorite Christmas song? It doesn't have to be a carol. It can be any song that's ever been sung that this is your favorite. So what I want you to do is turn to the person next to you and share with them your favorite song. And those of you in overflow, do the same thing now. So go ahead and do that right now. All right, let's start in this section. One or two answers. What's your favorite song? Yeah. What's that? Winter Walk. All right, somebody else, yeah. Way, way in the back, far back. Jingle Bell Rock—that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Drummer Boy. Okay, somebody in this section. Yeah. The Last Christmas that I gave you my heart. That's such a beautiful one. Yeah. Christmas tree. Something. 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 I think it's a great one. What about the little kid behind you? What did he say? Oh, come on, come on, Emmanuel. Okay, last one in this section. Rocking around the Christmas tree. That's great. Somebody in this section. Oh, holy night. Feliz Navidad. That's great. Okay, stand up. White winter or white Christmas. Either one. Yeah, I like that. Okay, behind you. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. That's awesome. You guys are weird. <laughs> uh, there have been so many famous Christmas songs you know, through the ages, but there is one that I know that you all know. In fact, I'm gonna ask you to sing it with me, uh, and that is Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And so I'm not the worship leader, but uh, let's just uh, do some audience participation. This is an all skate, and uh, those of you in the, in the overflow room, you gotta join in with me as well. Ready? You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. Gotta find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Give yourselves a hand. Well done. Well done. Now, it does go on to be one of the greatest stalker songs of all time. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Now, what is this song actually saying? Because it actually is really reflective of our our culture. Because it's saying, if you're good, if you've been good, then you will be rewarded. But if you're not good, sucks to be you. You know, you ain't getting nothing, you're getting a lump of coal, you know, and and that is the message that we've received sometimes as kids, and that honestly is the message of every world religion except Christianity. It preaches the same kind of message that says, do good, be good, and maybe the God who is out there might accept you and might bless you, and yet that is contrary to everything about Jesus, His birth, his life, his death, resurrection, defy the concept. Jesus didn't come to show God's love only to those who deserved it. That's the difference between the message of the world and the message of God. See, the world's message, you can see it everywhere, Santa's coming, so be good. But God's message is Christ has come, be free. And what an opposite message. In fact, experiencing something different from Jesus is the reason that we gather, It's the reason that I hope that you're here today because he wants to give you something that's different than what the world gives. We've been in this series called Do You Hear What I Hear where we have looked biblically at three popular Christmas carols, Joy to the World, Silent Night, and Go Tell It on the Mountain. So we've looked at peace, we've looked at good news, and we've looked at joy. And the difference between what the world offers and what Jesus offers is you can experience peace, joy, and good news Regardless of the circumstances in our lives, and that's something far greater. And so as we come to the last of the carols in this series, a couple of weeks ago, I told you that I was saving my favorite Christmas carol until tonight. And some of you guys who placed bets on this, so you can pull out the money now because the winner is, oh, holy night. So, Oh Holy Night, well, thank you. That's the first clap that I've received you know, in six services, that's amazing. Uh, so, O oh, Holy Night uh, is my favorite and, and uh, what I like to do is tell you the story because most of us have no idea the impact and power of this song and then we're gonna relate it back to what God's word has to say. And so, to have any good story, we need a good story time background. All right, in the mid-1800s in France, a Christmas carol emerged with a guy by the name of Placide Capo, who was summoned to craft a poem for his parish's Christmas mass. Drawing inspiration from the Bible's book of Luke, he penned the lyrics of what would become O Holy Night. Seeking a musical maestro, Capo Cap collaborated with Adolph Charles Adams, an unexpected ally who happened to be a Jewish composer. The tale of O Holy Night journeyed to the United States through abolitionist John Sullivan Dwight. Deeply moved by the profound lyrics, particularly the verse that says, Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother. And it became an abolitionist movement and a mantra for years. In fact, years later, the song itself would be deemed sort of a miracle. On Christmas Eve of 1906, a 33-year-old university professor named Reginald Fessenden achieved what most of the world at that time thought was impossible. Using a type of generator and having previously worked with a guy by the name of Thomas Edison, Fessenden spoke into a microphone, marking the first time in history a man's voice was broadcast over the airwaves. Shocked radio operators on ships and wireless operators at newspaper offices jumped up in amazement. Accustomed to only hearing coded beeps over tiny telegraph speakers, they suddenly heard a clear, deep voice reciting the words from the Gospel of Luke. Fessenden's first words over the airwaves would be Luke chapter two. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and to the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. Now, instead of me reading this next section that Fezenden Den read over the airwaves, I thought somebody a lot more famous this time of year should read it instead.
1: Lights, please. you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men.
0: Thank you, Linus. Appreciate that. He's reading Professor Fezenden's words, who went on to read the entire chapter, unknowingly causing quite an uproar. People rushed to wireless units, believing they were witnessing a Christmas miracle. Some even thought they were hearing the voice of an angel. When the professor finished reading, he picked up his violin and played a beautiful Christmas melody. On that historic Christmas Eve of 1906, O Holy Night became the first song ever sent through the air by radio waves ushering in a new era of how people around the world would experience and enjoy music. And so none of us know this story, that the first song on radio was actually, "O Holy Night. The first words were actually Luke chapter two. And here we are over 100 years later, with the ability to broadcast in an entire world, not just the voice, but now, right now, people can be tuning in anywhere in the world and to see that take place even now. Now, there is one line in O Holy Night that I wanna focus on with the remaining time that I have left, and that is this phrase. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices. A thrill of hope, man, I don't know about you, but I could use some hope going into this next year. It feels like every time I turn on the news, it makes me just a little bit more hopeless when I just see what's going on. And I don't think I'm alone. And in fact, everywhere you look, you can kind of see just different parts of people losing hope. I would be remiss to remind you that on this Christmas Eve, thousands of years ago, Jesus was born in a town of Bethlehem. And Bethlehem, is modern day Palestine. So you can imagine the weariness that's taking place in that part of the world on this day as we are celebrating the birth of the one who gave hope. In the midst of that, I start thinking about other places of the world like Syria or the Ukraine. But I wanna bring it a little bit closer to home. And that is, where do you need hope this Christmas season and beyond? Uh, Maybe another way to say it is, Where have you lost, or do you find yourself losing hope? Uh, In fact, some of you, if you are people who kind of look a little further ahead in 2024, you've kind of are losing or losing hope in our government. We're facing another election, congratulations. And as these elections come again, the more divided our country gets, the more hopeless it can feel. And if that's the way you're feeling, you're not alone. Maybe for you, you're, you're seeing hopelessness in the next generation, or maybe you're in the next generation, and you see hopelessness in the previous one. Maybe you see it in the school system. I mean, let's be honest. Some of you, if we're to be really honest, you see that less and less in the church. It's one of the reasons that you don't come on a regular basis, because you're like, really, is there a lot of hope that the church is actually presenting by either your experience or by what you have re- read or been told about? Uh, Maybe it gets even more personal when you start losing and looking at your finances or your marriage, your parenting, your friendships. Maybe it's your health, your job, your lack of direction, meaning, or purpose in life. Honestly, maybe you've lost your hope in God, and you might have some great reasons for that. That if people look into your life, they might be able to say, yeah, if there really is a loving God, then why did these things happen in your life which causes you to lose hope in him? See, I believe that we are a culture that is heading more and more towards hopelessness instead of hope, something that stunned me. You may know this, but it just, just, I just had to sit back in my chair when I read this. And last year alone, 49,449 Americans lost their lives to suicide in one year. 1.7 million Americans are known to attempt in one year. And it's staggeringly headed in the wrong direction when it comes to this. And I would be remiss to not mention that if these stats are true, which they are, that there might be someone in this room or an overflow who has thought or is thinking about suicide. And I just need you to hear that God has you here for a reason. That your life matters. It matters to him and it matters to so many more people than you realize. And my hope is that by the time that we're done, you will walk out with greater hope than when you came in. Because I believe to the core of my being that what Christmas, maybe what best represents Christmas, is hope. This is why we're gathered together to celebrate the birth of hope that came into the world. But what does hope mean? I, in fact, I asked this question on social media. When you hear the word hope, what are some of the things that come to your mind? And I wonder how you would answer that. Now, so on some of the lighter on the side of things, uh, Dinah said uh, this, "'Hope, help, help me, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope.'" So those of you Star Wars fans can relate. Jennifer said, "'So you're saying there's a chance.'" Yep, little Dumb and Dumber reference there. Uh, Jeremy was probably my favorite. Uh, "'Hope, Mariners winning the World Series in my lifetime.'" But it's also the same thing that comes to mind when I think of despair. So I was like, Jeremy, totally can understand that. Or Eric, I hope we finish Christmas shopping remotely soon. Sorry, buddy, hope is not a strategy. Uh, Yesterday, somebody told me Hope Floats, those of you Harry Connick Jr. fans, uh, and I start thinking about things in my life, things that I hope for. Like, I, I hope the Huskies win the national championship. I'm not gonna lie. That's just one of the hopes that I have. Uh, I hope I get a good present this year. Uh, to the chagrin of some of you, I actually do hope it snows and snows a lot. You know, I am actually a person that actually loves snows. Uh, for some of you, maybe a little bit younger who are here, uh, you're hoping your parents don't find out what you did. And I don't know what it is, but uh, that's what you're hoping for. Uh, uh, some of you uh, are like me. Uh, you watch today, Seahawks won. I do hope the Seahawks make the playoffs in fact i'm gonna raise it up a notch i personally hope that pete carroll would wish me a happy birthday hey pastor dan shields congratulations it's your birthday happy birthday to you and uh, everybody loves you because you do so much great work thanks and all that happy birthday well thanks pete that's so nice hope realized uh, the guy in our church had a connection, and it just blew me away, you know. So we use the word hope uh, uh, almost as this power of positive thinking, this Tony Robbins kind of thing, that I just want to just be positive, and, and if you, like, get lemons, just turn them into lemonade, and, and it, the more power of positive thinking, wishful thinking, that's what hope is. In fact, Webster even defines hope as a feeling of what is wanted will happen, desire accompanied by expectation, But hope, according to God, is so much more. In fact, if you do a quick online search, you would see that the word hope is mentioned in the Bible over a hundred times. And this is how God defines hope. It's the best way I can bring it to you. Hope is a confident expectation. That sounds the same. Here's where it's different. Based on the person and promises of God. It's not an, oh, I hope so, but rather, I hope Because he said so. And there's this confidence that's that's described in there. Hebrews 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Hebrews 11, 1. People ask, what is faith? Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Or Psalms 25.5, lead me by your truth and teach me for you are the God who saves me. All day long, I will put my hope in you. So if we were to go back to social media, I want you to see some of the other answers that people gave that reflect this definition. John said, hope is being able to say it as well no matter what happens, because of God. Josh said, Hope is trusting God more than my circumstances. Carrie says, Hope is knowing that no matter what you are going through, you are not alone and you will get through it because God is with you and God is for you. And then Janice says, Hope is a confident expectation that God is who he says he is, and will do what he says he will do. Do you have that kind of hope? First Peter 1.13 says, So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Christmas celebrates the promise fulfilled of God. Hundreds of years earlier, he promised and he's a promise keeper and Jesus came into the world a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoiced because a savior was born. See, the simplest way I can define this is that Jesus is our living hope. And when the bottom falls out in life, it's not if, but when it falls out in life, what do you put your hope into? That's what you find out. And as some of you reflect back to 2023, as we kind of come to the end, you've had some real ups and some real downs. And as you go into 2024 and 2025 and the years beyond that, you're gonna have some ups and you're gonna have some big uh, things that are gonna come, some challenges in your life. So when that happens, who or what do you turn to? When you're anxious, when you're down, when you're depressed, when you lose a job, when you suffer the loss of a relationship, when your health goes the opposite direction, who or what do you turn to for hope? You might say to yourself, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will, see, it's a choice, put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my savior and my God. See, this hope that is described, it's an anchor. It's an anchor for our lives and the storms come and it's an anchor for our souls. Hebrews six nineteen says, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. So who or what do you turn to? What can last in the midst of those storms? About a week ago, I had uh, the unfortunate opportunity to be at a funeral service of a young couple who lost their child to stillbirth. And as we were there, I was just grieving with them. They've never faced anything like this. But yet, strangely enough, I walked out encouraged by their faith. The father stood up and said, with the most confidence that I've ever seen someone say, even though this is hell, even though this is hard, even though this is painful, even though this is difficult, I still put my hope in God. I trust that I'm going to see this child again. I put my hope that God is still good and can redeem even these awful situations. And you could just see the strength that he was finding in the midst of the worst situation that they had faced in their lives. Now we shouldn't be surprised by this. I know, so we can praise God for that for sure. We're not, we're not surprised by this because Jesus told us that this is what we're gonna face in life. And if anybody's ever told you that, hey, if you come to Christ, you know, all your dreams will come true, that's only in Disney, and it only lasts an hour and a half for most of the movies, and Disney's not doing too well these days anyway, so let's just be real, okay? John 16, 33, that was a, that was a special just for you. Uh, <laughs> I have told you all this, Jesus says, so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials. You will have many sorrows. But take heart. See, here's the promise. Because I, Jesus, have overcome the world. See, it's, it's not if, but when you go through these hard times, like, like if you were to lose your job, you can still have hope. You go through a divorce. You can still have this kind of hope. If you lose a loved one, and some of you are grieving for the first time. Your loss of a loved one this Christmas Eve, you can still hold on to hope. Christmas always brings some weird feelings and emotions for me. Because 13 years ago, I lost my father, and Christmas Eve was his favorite time of year. He would just love the time that he would, he would spend in wrapping the presents and just getting things just right for the family to enjoy. And so I go through this time of grief and I think back, I'm like, but what sustained me? Hope, hope in Jesus that I'm gonna see my father again one day. I think about this last year, uh, for some of you, you know that you start losing hope when it comes to health. I had some of the most challenging health issues of my life this last year, where there was a, a, a few nights or, or two that I didn't know if I was gonna be around anymore. But at waking up in the hospital, I still found myself with strength. I still found myself with a deeper hope beyond the circumstance, beyond positive thinking, because it was a hope that came from the promises and the purpose of God. You see, when you lose your health, you can still have hope. When you suffer anxiety, depression, or addiction, you can still have hope. Hope is perseverance. Hope is strength. Hope brings courage. Hope brings perspective. Hope drives compassion. Hope sees the world far more than face value. No matter what circumstance you have faced or you will face, you can endure knowing that someday that difficulty or challenge will end. That we can rest in the promise that God has given us. The hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised long ago. I bring you good news. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. For today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Christ, the Lord. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices. So what aspect of your life do you find yourself weary? Put your hope in God who came as an infant to become the savior proven by the death, burial, and resurrection that we can put our hope into. So what is our response to this offer? What's our response to this gift? You know, in, in the song, O Holy Night, the response that the author pens are these words, fall. On your knees. Now, he's not saying, which we can, a literal falling on our knees, what he's saying is a, is, a, it is a posture of surrender in our hearts and minds, that we're saying, I am not going to put my hope in myself or in these other things that don't last. I'm going to put my hope in him. I'm going to put my hope in the thrill as I face this weary stage or season in my life. And so I want to invite you with this gift, this gift of hope. And now, are there objections? Are there good ones that you have? Absolutely. And so I'm not able to answer or walk through the questions and the journey that you have gone through. I'm just gonna invite you to go on the journey with us to so maybe this is the start of a new hope in your life that some of you have wandered. You used to go to church. You used to believe in what we're talking about, but now it's just kind of something that you attend once or twice a year. Maybe God's brought you here for a reason greater than just the moment, that he wants something more for you, that he wants to do something more through you, even in the lives of other people. For some of you, this may be the first time considering this. I was talking to a gal after the last service. So you only get this one. I was talking to a gal after the last service, and she says, "You know, hey, thanks for letting me come. I said, great. She goes, I'm not a believer. I'm like, that's okay. She goes, but I'm interested. I'm willing to go on a journey. I said, that's all we're saying, is allow God to lead and God to guide through the journey that he has for us. In fact, if I were to give you a prayer, my prayer would be to you from Romans chapter 15, 13 on this night. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. The greatest gift I can give you on this Christmas is the gift of Jesus, the gift of hope. But just like every present you're either gonna open tonight or tomorrow, It only becomes your present when you receive it, when you open it, and when you either apply or use it, then it's yours. That's what we wanna offer you on this day. Will you pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much for being our living hope. And I pray for everyone in here who is watching online, in the room, in Overflow, in the lobby, Lord, that you would just be with every heart. You would hear our prayers now. And if you'd like to receive Jesus, to be or to come back, into your life, to be your living hope. I pray that you'll pray this prayer after me. Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender to you. Help me to know what it means to put my hope in you, for I'm feeling very weary, and aspects of my life I'm feeling hopeless. Renew that, invigorate that by your truth, by your spirit, by your power, by your word. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. So what we're gonna do now is we're gonna sing of that song. Uh, You don't have to get the candles out yet. We're gonna do that in just a few moments. And these Christmas carols that we do, sometimes they just kind of rattle off the tongue, you know, because like, oh, I've just sang this before. We don't think about the words. And I hope that as we sing, O Holy Night, that you will now understand where the song came from and more importantly, where it was based on in God's word and will have a new meaning, maybe a deeper, more profound meaning in your head as well as your heart. And so will you stand with me as we sing this song together?
2: we really? it.